0: Hi, mining community. Welcome back to another episode of the Dig Deep the Mining Podcast. And today's guest is Matt Jackson, who's COO of AkoBo Minerals, a gold exploration and mining company focusing on projects um, in southwestern uh, Ethiopia, a prolific area with extensive uh, gold production. Matt's a geologist by background with experience in um, advising mining and investment companies. Um, he has managed exploration programs and managed all stages of investment in mining. Um, his, commodity, his commodity experience extends to copper, lead, zinc, silver, gold, iron ore, industrial minerals, and rare earth elements. So he's well placed to take Acapobo Minerals forward, and will let us know more about the company and also mining in Ethiopia. So that's welcome, Matt, to the podcast. How you doing, Matt? I'm great.
1: Thanks. Thanks a lot for uh, having me. And um, you know, this is uh, this is going to be fun. I'm enjoying it already.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. And I appreciate your time. And I'm actually recording on a bank holiday, bank holiday Monday here in the UK. So, um, um, and you mentioned obviously your holiday was yesterday. Um,
1: yeah. So. Yeah. I guess that's an interesting, you know, comparison between Norway and the UK. You know, um, Scandinavia does holidays slightly differently.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I wonder if we can. Um, Tell our audience a little bit about yourself, about your background and your career, um, and then we can go into uh, questions around um, Acabo minerals and mining in Ethiopia. So sure. I wonder if you can tell the audience a little bit about yourself.
1: Sure. Well, I'm British and um, I recently got uh, a dual citizenship with Norway. We've lived here for some time now. Um, I'm I'm a, a sort of quite a weird feature in Norway because I'm an exploration geologist and an economic geologist, um, and um, mining is a relatively small industry in this country. Um, but I grew up in the UK and I did a PhD at Cardiff University with um, Hazel Pritchard back in the day, and um, my, my PhD was in fact uh, um, studying mineral exploration in Ethiopia, in western Ethiopia, a few hundred kilometers north from from where a operates now. Um, yeah, so, um, so I I did did the PhD and, uh, did a bit of research work after that. Um, and then this was the boom time for exploration and geology. So I, I left and I started doing consulting work and I worked on and off for companies like SRK as an associate and, um, various other junior mining companies. Um, I did a number of years traveling around the world and really I was cutting my teeth at that point, you know, getting to know the industry and, um, I got a lot of great experience, you know, seeing a lot, a lot of projects all over the world. Um, so that was a lot of fun. Um, then in 2009, when the, um, you know, when the crisis hit, I um, decided it was time to, you know, get some experience with a with a bigger firm. And I went to Australia, lived in Perth, worked for BHP Billiton Iron Ore. And I guess some of the guys listening to this might, might have worked with me back then. Um, and I spent a number of years there working as a geochemist. Um, Running the QAQC programs um, with some very talented people in the company back then. That was that was an awful lot of fun. I made some great friends there. And um, there's almost like an alumni of BHP people that I still know and you know even work with now. Um, from that time. Um yeah, we were running, you know, that was a huge exploration program, you know, big management team. And I was a technical guy back then, advising on the Geochem side and the QAQC side and training. You know, a lot of geologists in how to do their work and reviewing, you know, the exploration programs, essentially. Um, So that was great fun. And um, I was living there with my wife and, um, you know, we decided to start a family and Norway was the place to do it. So we came, we'd actually lived in Norway before we went to Australia and we came back here. And um, so I took a job with Golder Associates um, and went into, you know, back into, you know, one of these big consulting firms um, doing mining consulting from there. And again, that was great. Um, I, you know, when I, when I speak to other ex-consultants, they often say things like, I've, I've been a consultant, so I've seen the good and the bad and the ugly. And, um, you know, I have seen the good and the bad and the ugly through the consulting side. Um, and uh, yeah, I spent a, a number of years with Golda and then moved into um, working for a family office looking at investment analysis based on my knowledge of the good and the bad and the ugly <laughs> and um so I then at that point you know from after my bhp time onwards i was you know working more towards the sort of you know working with executives advising executives on how to uh, how to in, invest in firms and you know how to spend their money essentially i, I did more of that after golda working with bluestone uh group um and that was great. Um, and, you know, you know, I'm, uh, we're going to be talking about Ethiopia here. Um, I would say about half of my career has been Africa-based, and the rest of it has been in various other parts of the world. So I'm a bit, bit of a fan of uh, mining and exploration in Africa. And I'm also, also quite a fan of mining and exploration in Ethiopia, specifically, because my heart, a large part of my heart lives in Ethiopia, essentially, because um, of my PhD work down there. And I, I also, um, did some consulting work on and off in Ethiopia. So I've, uh, my career has come in and out of Ethiopia essentially. And now, and now, you know, taking the job with the a few years ago, um, I, um, you know, saw a really fantastic opportunity to, you know, to, 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 to expand my career in Ethiopia and do something great with the Um, I, I wrote the um, first competent person's report for the, for the project itself. Uh, back in 2019. Um, And that was before we made the Bonanza Gold discoveries. Um, And, um, you know, once the discoveries were made, it was just a fantastic time to come and, you know, work with a wonderful team in a fantastic country and, you know, really develop a project. Um, So that's a very brief background to me. (laughs)
0: Yeah. I have one question I was going to ask. Someone being British um, and has has a project in ethiopia what was the attraction to live in norway i mean i've i've interviewed uh, a few guests that are living in norway but that's because okay. they've got a project in scandinavia yep. but i suppose what's what's the attraction um for you and your family living in norway
1: it's a wonderful place to bring up kids to be honest um uh when it comes to the industry side it's uh you know it's a fascinating um, fascinating place to work um norway itself is is quite unexplored. Um, uh, to be honest, only a relatively small amount of my career has been done here. I've done a few investment reviews of various projects. Um, um, but the the mining industry has been sort of vastly overshadowed by the oil industry for many years. Um, we may be seeing a growth now in the mining industry in this country. Um, but the interesting, uh, I, something which is absolutely fascinating um, for me is, um, you, you know, we're working for a Norwegian company. We're very, very small in Norway with Scandinavian ethics in Ethiopia. That's that's a fascinating sort of uh, 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 um, comparison to make. And it's a fascinating dynamic to the company as a result of that. Um, so it's, um, yeah, I'm one of few, few um, mining people who live and work in, in Norway. There's a small community of us.
0: <laughs> yeah. um, so just wondering if you can just tell us more about Akakobo Minerals, um, mm-hmm. just give us an overview of the company. Sure. So
1: Akakobo um, uh, um, Minerals and the, our subsidiary Etno in, in uh, Ethiopia um, have actually been operating for a long time. Um, Etno itself was established in Ethiopia in the late uh, 90s, um, back in a time when they weren't even looking at mining. Um, and, the, and the term ethno is Ethiopia-Norway, um, and um, in 2008, uh, um, some of the old geological survey guys from Ethiopia who had spent their lives uh, exploring the entire country um, set, up, set up ethno um, with funding from Norway, or, um, or, or, or they changed the purpose of ethno to mining essentially, and they, and they picked up the licenses in the area we're still working in now in 2008. And there was a small project working on alluvial mining there that had limited success um, for a few years. And then a a strategic decision was made um, in around about 2012 to move to hard rock exploration. And that that decision was actually made by uh, or alongside our current CEO, Jürgen Evian, who um, has been with the company for a long time um, as a a founding investor, in fact, and um, running it as a side project, essentially, to his main job um and um so in 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 2012 you know the, the process started essentially for hard rock exploration and back then um you know it took four days to travel from addis ababa to our site it now takes a day and a half by road um or 2 hours if you fly to Trip. um So um, this was a very, very different place back then. It was, Acobo was operating um, in an extremely remote area where there was a little bit of artisanal mining going on, a little bit of panning and very, very little activity. It was um, highly, highly uh, um, undeveloped. Um, um, And our geologists there, you know, were working with very, very little money, to be honest, and, you know, diligently exploring over many years. You know, that's from 2012 to uh, 2018, in fact, they were working, working, working with, um, you know, reasonable funding from Norway, but, you know, this is a, this was a a very small company, less than 10 people and two geologists. And then, um, and then there was a small RC drilling campaign um, put in place, which was um, not especially successful. Um, and that was a real that was a real point this was before i was involved with the company that was a real point at which i think that some of the investors had a bit of a wobble and um they've been 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 putting money into the company for a long time as i'll explain later in fact they were very very committed socially to this company um the norwegian investors many of them based in Trondheim are um very caring people in fact they're you know they're that uh, they're they're investing in order to you know develop a good business and increase the value of the company, but also they really care about the people. And that that point in 2018, when the RC drilling campaign was less than successful, um, there was you know some some difficult times. I think. Um, but then I came along and wrote the competent persons report, um, and that necess- uh, that uh, that wasn't necessarily a turnaround point for the company. But what um, shortly after that. Um, there was some diamond drilling that uh, they brought in a Norwegian drilling company uh, to do the diamond drilling at the site, um, and this Norwegian company actually took payment in shares, um, and they hit bonanza grade gold. You know, there was um, some of the samples that were taken out in those first successful holes were ten thousand grams per ton, um, so so some, such high values of gold that it was difficult to analyze. Um, and there was a proper discovery moment where the geologists at the site were, you know, taking out this core that that the, the uh, you could see the gold very very clearly um, in it. And that was, you know, I wasn't there at the time, and um, but our you know our staff that's still with us now, uh, Johan Hjoberg, our um, chief exploration manager, was there. And you know the the um, the work done by those guys was really turned the com- company around. And that's the point at which everything changed from, uh, um, from, from accelerating at a low level to really, really ramping up very fast. Um, so that's a little bit of where we, came, where we came from. And obviously after that, there was a lot of resource drilling done. Um, and we've done a scoping study. We've got, you know, very, very qualified, very well-qualified engineers involved with the project. And um, now we're moving towards production.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and just uh, recently, um, you had some impressive uh, grades. Um, Mm. What what does that mean for Akakobo Minerals and your future plans?
1: Yes. So our, um, you know, I mentioned the Bonanza grades that we hit in those, in those first holes. Um, Those have continued. In fact, Um, we've drilled uh, over 15,000 meters now at this particular project, um, which is a relatively small amount of meters for a product that's going into production. But because the grades are so high, um, the actual amount of, uh, the, the number a uh, number of holes that we need is um, relatively relatively low to make a you know an economic project. The grades so we we released a resource estimate update um, very very recently, and the overall the, the resource size is sixty eight thousand tons at twenty two um, grams per ton. Um, and I mean, obviously, a lot of your listeners are very familiar with um, with the industry, and they'll understand that twenty two grams per ton. Um, Indicated and inferred is quite a is quite a huge grade, in fact. But um, for anyone that's not familiar with gold, typically a high grade resource in underground mining might be something like between six and eight grams per ton, and we have twenty two grams per ton over the whole project. And in our indicated um, resources, we actually have a grade of forty grams per ton, and that's relatively shallow. And that's um, yeah, what that what that means is. We're talking about a relatively small amount of, of gold in comparison to most mining projects around the world, the actual number of bounces. Um, but, the, but the grade itself means that the, a cash flow model for our project looks very different to many other projects, many other gold projects. Um, the, the, the concentrations of gold, the grade that we have, is, you, you know, in many cases, three times higher than most underground mining projects. And when the, when the grade goes up, the amount of ore that needs to be mined to extract one ounce of gold is a lot less. Um, and of course, the revenues are higher as well. Um, so we can bring, so in actual fact, we have 40 grams per tonne quite close to the surface that can be accessed within a, within a number of months of starting the underground mining. Um, and that means that essentially the cash flow, it should be relatively early in the project. Now I'm not, I'm not going to. You know I'm not going to jinx myself by saying we're going to get early cash flow but it will come you know earlier on than most uh, most projects it you know inevitably we're gonna we're gonna be um looking at dealing with the normal challenges you have with underground mining but um essentially this is a this is a small project with very high grades and um our ESG consultant Catherine McAllen in fact she's our head of ESG she's employed by us now um, she came up with the term boutique mining um, in the same way as you can go and stay at the Hilton or Holiday Inn if you want to. And, you know, you have a perfectly good stay there. You could also go and choose the boutique mining that's a few few streets down. And it's, um, you know, a very nice day. It's much smaller. Um, and uh, um, often in many cases, a boutique hotel might have a better carbon footprint, for example, and a better sort of environmental and, uh, uh, and social impact than the large hotel so in the same way we're calling it boutique mining because our esg program is very very strong for this and because it's small um and it's underground you know the our, our impact on the environment is much much less so that's you know we started to call it boutique mining and essentially the grade the grade enables you know fantastic um cash flow but also um it means that the that the esg side is much you know much more feasible for us to do you know a really fantastic project from that perspective
0: um Bo was nominated for um esG Miner developer of the year at the mines and money uh, back in December um, mm. How does the company view uh the view the value of esg um, and what are your plans moving forward
1: yeah so um you know I'm really glad you asked that question we were you know utterly delighted to have been nominated for that award to be honest um we didn't win it which is a shame but um the company which won it had been around for many more years than us and had a much more established program than us um so we were absolutely delighted just to be nominated for that award and um um essentially you know i mentioned earlier that um until a few years ago the area that we're working in was more or less pristine um um you know, there, there, there were uh, reports of you know large fauna and so on large animals being in the area and um so essentially you know a lot of esg problems in many companies come from come not from the company that uh, that actually that is actually operating that we're talking about it comes from the the actions of previous companies so because we um because we uh, we uh, we haven't been affected by the actions of previous companies we're in a position to sort of start fresh with our ESG program. And it's part of the reason why Catherine was so excited to come and do this work with us. So um, what we're calling our sustainable natural resources management plan is um, quite groundbreaking. It's actually, you know, we're obviously investing some money into this, but the actual investment that is required from us is, you know, not huge amounts of money, to be honest. And what we're able to achieve is, um, for example, developing alternative livelihoods for the people that that are nearby. When the mine opens, they will be employed to do the various work that's needed. But in addition to that, while we're developing the mine, we'll also develop alternative livelihoods. Um, And there has, in the last few years, two or three or four years, there's been a lot of artisanal mining, and that has caused some damage to ecosystems. And so we're actually putting in place a system called a Payment for Ecosystem Services Scheme, which is where um, we initiate the project. At to, um, for the local people to run projects to remediate the artisanal mining areas, uh, sequester carbon into the soil and the, and the plants there, and then they will be paid from carbon credits. So essentially, we're, we're starting off the system um, and then afterwards, the, 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 uh, the system carries on without input from us. So this remediates the artisanal mining damage. It gives people a local, you know, a, a new livelihood. Um, um, and it also means that when the mining stops from our project, then there's a, a continuing livelihood that goes on independent of a Kobo. Um, and, um, you, you know, this is, you, this is I mentioned before that, you know, the, the sort of Scandinavian side of things is uh, is is a, a means that we have, we have a different way of looking at ethics to many Western companies. Um, and this, the, the, the Sustainable Natural Resources Management Plan that Catherine's running with the carbon credits and so on, sort of enshrines our need and our desire that comes from, you know, very deep within the company to, to look after people and the environment. Um so this is one of the reasons why I'm very excited to be working with the company and, you know, helping to move move these projects forward. Um does that answer the question?
0: Yeah, 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 <laughs> certainly. Um, and I was just going to go on to say, obviously, um, being in Scandinavia, and um, being based out of Scandinavia and out of Norway, um, and you're operating mm. in Africa, obviously, it, it comes with um, particular challenges, but maybe some advantages. And I just wondered if you can just tell us mm. a little bit about maybe some of the challenges that you are facing being based out of uh, um, Norway and some of the advantages of being based there.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, um... Yeah, it's a it's a fascinating thing, really. I mean, many of the many of the board of directors, for example, have been working with Etno and Akobo for quite some time now, so they have a very very good joint understanding of Ethiopian and Scandinavian uh, uh, values, essentially. Um, and I've mentioned previously that that is one of the driving factors behind our very strong ESG program. Um, but essentially, another thing which was coined by Catherine and works very well in Ethiopia is that um, e- Ethiopia is a is a is a is a fascinating country. I mean, it's absolutely incredible, and Ethiopians are very proud of their heritage and culture and so on. When they absolutely should be, Ethiopia is one of these countries that's really not been touched very much by uh, um, colonial behaviour in you know pre- in the previous century, um, and they've kept a lot, a lot a lot of their culture, and as, as such. Something that a decision that we have taken is that we don't we don't we intend our company to be Ethiopian as much as it possibly can. So in Scandinavia itself, we have four um, four empl- employees, um, three in Norway, one in Sweden, and we have um, uh, thirty eight full time employees, rapidly growing in Ethiopia. And our intention is to take world class methods embed them in our team in Ethiopia. We've already hired an extremely strong team, actually, Um, a very, very strong team in Ethiopia, many of which have international mining experience and have come back to Ethiopia. Because because Ethiopia is 110 million people, there's a a large diaspora that have lived outside and come back to to Ethiopia, so they bring back international knowledge. And we're also bringing best practice from our engineering team in uh, South Africa and from Norway and the UK. To, to train up our people in in ethiopia and what that means is that essentially we' we're, we're kind of in some ways we're calling it post post-colonialist you know rather than we're taking we're trying to take all the best uh knowledge and experience from our ethiopian team and taking the best international knowledge and embedding it into our team in ethiopia so what we what that means is that our team understands ethiopian culture very very well we obviously have Have a focus on you know using Scandinavian uh, ethics you know within the company, but we but we use the best possible Ethiopian people and we build a strong team that's capable of 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 expansion and growth in a very very big way, and it also you know before the podcast started we we mentioned a little bit about resource nationalism, and um, I. Uh, um, I believe very strongly that when we um, when we build up a genuinely good Ethiopian team and we invest in our Ethiopian team, that in, in some way is is it, it protects our investment in Ethiopia because um, uh, we we're investing we're investing in the industry as a whole in Ethiopia and improving the industry as a whole in Ethiopia and that's actually recognised very strongly by the by the government the federal government in Ethiopia and the regional government and and in the local areas as well. So that's, in many ways, that's the G in ESG. Um, I think the often long forgotten G in ESG, you know, we do the environment side well, we do the social side well, and our governance principles are um, very strong as well. And what what this means essentially is we have, we also, um, uh, we're also able to do a lot more with the funds that we have when we have a very strong Ethiopian team. Um, um, And you asked about challenges, in fact, and that's an interesting one we um the company kept operating at more or less the same pace as it did all the way through the covid crisis the bonanza grade gold was discovered um just after the yeah i think it was just after the covid crisis kicked off and because our our team is ethiopian and they're very talented there was no need for us to rely, rely on expats Um, and likewise, there was, uh, there was some, some, some difficulty with a crisis in, in the Tigray region, which is, you know, many, many hundreds, hundreds of kilometers from us. And as a result of that, we couldn't bring, you know, we couldn't travel as much as we would like to, to Ethiopia. And nevertheless, the company kept on ramping up and improving. And, um, so, so it's a very robust way of, it's a very, very robust and resilient way of running a company. So we have our challenges definitely, but, but I think that, you know, because of the, the way in which we've geared up the company, it means that we're, you know, nicely insulated against those challenges. Nevertheless, I'm not going to tell you that it's going to be a smooth ride all the way along. You know, we've, um, yeah, you know, we're always looking at the risks and trying to mitigate risks. <laughs>
0: yeah, and it never always is. So there's obviously always challenges that pop up uh, oh, somewhere, yeah, somewhere along the line.
1: Absolutely. yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: Um, I just wonder if you can tell us a little bit about mining in Ethiopia in terms of uh, maybe government regulations, their mining codes, um, mm. also also obviously the the local communities where where you're operating and potentially other companies are operating and how I suppose how they interact with mining companies coming into their into their communities. And also mm. what is the future of um, mining in Ethiopia?
1: Yeah sure um well, it's a, a fascinating fascinating uh, uh, subject to be honest um i said before ethiopia has 110 million people it's the second most populous african country after nigeria um it has you, you know i think every economist economist economic economist understands that uh, um there's enormous potential for the ethiopian economy to grow there is um in addition to the 110 million people in the country there's a very wide, proud diaspora, which support people in Ethiopia. Um, the, com- the country has continued to grow, even through you know the, the various challenges that have happened in the last ten years or so. Um, and the new government, in fact, um, that's been in place since twenty eighteen, um, I call them new because before that point there was um, there was a different group of running the country. The current government has taken fantastic steps towards opening up to investment. And that was enshrined actually in our mining agreement. Um, when we made the application for a mining license for the Segale property, um, we um, we worked with the government to develop a, a, a world class uh, mining agreement. And I think that what with I think the terms that we have are very forward looking and very um, very uh, 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 positive towards investment. You know, they they accept that um, there are going to be some conditions in which. In which, um, in which we, we, which are required to encourage investment into the country, and and that's what we're seeing throughout the whole whole country. In fact, um, for a very long period, um, Ethiopia was uh, um, quite quite inward looking uh, and, and insular. Um, and for example, um, the telecoms company for a long time there was only one telecoms company, um, and just now the second telecoms company is being um, is being developed. And that's open to you know open to uh, 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 open to competition now, and there's you, you know we're going to carry on seeing the the, uh, the economy growing very 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 fast, um, and so and so that all that supports you know a fantastic opportunity for more investment into the country, and you know as a result of my PhD and the other work that I've done in the country, it's it's, it's absolutely clear that um, there are enormous opportunities for exploration. Um, We've seen um, copper, nickel projects, battery metals projects, um, even rare earth element projects in various places. And um, there has been some work on and off. It's coming in, 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 in stages. And we actually think our area around the Kobo region is, has the potential to be a world-class mining district, in fact, um, and very little modern exploration has been done specifically in that area. And there are many other zones which the same thing can be said about it. Um, so, so we're very excited about what can be done in Ethiopia. Um, and, and to be honest, we think we're extremely well positioned to, you know, take take part in the growth of the Ethiopian mining industry. Um, we're we're also hoping to be a leading partner in it. Um, and I, I emphasize the term partner because. Um, we believe we believe that we are partners with the Ministry of Mines in assisting them and them assisting us. Um and um we're also partners
0: with the local community
1: as well. Um
0: yeah. Okay, I've got a couple more questions. Um what do you see um Akakobo's uh strategy in I suppose the the long term? Yeah, so yeah, we are
1: you know we are looking to um you know, we, we we want to become the leading exploration and mining company in Ethiopia. Um, I, I've said before, we have a fantastic team. Um, our general manager Tesfaya has um, experience from um, developing mines in other countries, um, uh, and the and the management team we have underneath Tesfaya, all you know, uh, most of them have experience from international companies. Um, so we have a very very strong local organisation, and you know the international ESG standards are being embedded in the entire company. We're also we also have lot very long standing relationships um, as a result of um, you know being in country essentially since 2008. Um, you, you know we've managed to continue doing all our work um, right the way through the um, the the COVID crisis, for example, and other challenges. And you know I, we think we're very very well well placed in order to um uh develop our long long term vision um and i think that we have wonderful what wonderful possibilities to grow um, and so you know in the medium term we're looking to um develop other projects actually um, uh, we we will we will get uh, fantastic cash flow from the segale boutique mining um, and um we even in fact we even have uh, you know a lot, a lot of a lot of new targets which remain to be explored in our exploration license which you know will remain uh, a strong focus for us, regardless of what we do um, in other areas of the country, um, you know. And you know, our we're going to be working on that those long term and short term and medium term objectives. But um, obviously, there is a lot of focus right now on getting the Segale mine um, up and running, and um, and also you know developing new targets, you know, adjacent to Segale um, because we have. We have this fantastic resource, um, 68,000 ounces um, at 22 grams per tonne. And we, we we've actually haven't really scratched the surface in the few hundred meters around the Segale project. So um, we have a lot of work to do and, um, uh, um, and we have a, 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 an organization that I really enjoy being part of. And I'm very proud of the team that we have in Ethiopia. Um, and I think we're going to do great things in the future.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I was going to say as a conclusion, um, what is the I suppose outlook and activity for for the rest of twenty twenty two? And wondered if you had any sort of final thoughts um, on the company, Ethiopia, um, or anything you may want to achieve yourself. Yeah, sure. Um
1: yeah, you know, for the rest of the year, we've um we've um we've got a you know a re- really exciting job getting the getting the the mining up and running. We are um we've been negotiating for some time now a contract for um purchasing the plant, um the the, the gold processing plant, and that should be completed very soon. We're also um we're also in discussion with uh, uh, a contract mining firm to do the underground mining. Um essentially it makes a lot of sense for us to um to uh to bring in experienced mining people to operate the mine and also train the local staff in the same way as I've said before. Um we also, we, in fact we also have um three drill rigs being uh imported into the country, um three secondhand drill rigs, which um uh we're going to recondition and get to work doing more exploration. So um so we're looking, and th- this will be a fantastic way to ex- expand the resource base around Segale. Um and um yeah you know we're um we've got a lot of great work to do um uh i you know our team our team in ethiopia is you know doing a fantastic job and um uh yeah lots of lots of exciting times happening um yeah. there was one other question you asked wasn't it okay.
0: um i was just going to say also um just wondered if yeah obviously the outlook at, outlook for the rest of this year um but if there was anything Mm. else that you wanted to add maybe any anything personally that you want to achieve by the end of the year um or anything around the uh, mining activities within within the country Mm. well um
1: you know personally for me i'm I'm really enjoying the process of uh, uh uh um developing segale towards mining um that's 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 something that I'm, I'm very committed to personally uh, along with the rest of the company of course um uh yeah so that's where we that that's where we're, where we're focusing right now um obviously we have other parts of the company Johan uh, who's the chief exploration manager and the geology team are doing some uh, have some wonderful plans for greater exploration in you know, in the wider area as well um, um okay
0: yeah yeah so matt appreciate your time uh, give us a, um, an overview um and the future of um akakobo um minerals and obviously an outlook of um ethiopia it's certainly an exciting time for for yourself mm. and obviously there seems so much um so much potential within within ethiopia and like you said you're probably only scratching the surface especially with your own project but obviously mining within ethiopia so uh, wish you well wish you well for the rest of this year and perhaps we can uh, come and do another, do another podcast yeah. later this year or beginning, beginning of next year once, you, um, yeah. once to, you've obviously had further developments, better, further results, um, you may want to give us an update. So if our audience also wants to reach out to you, if they've got any questions that they may want to ask you, um, whether it's around um, Akakobo or even mining in Ethiopia, how can they go about doing that? Are you across any social media platforms? Yes, we're on um,
1: LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, of course. Um, you know, we have a lot of great discussions on those platforms and we're very happy to hear from people and have more discussions. And, um, you know, we're very happy to... We're, we're actually a very open company. Uh, we release results as fast as we can. And, um, you know, we're, we're happy to, you know, have discussions um, with um, anyone who, um, who wants to have them. Yeah, And thank you for having me on, on the podcast.
0: Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And obviously, we, when we were speaking just off, off air... Um you mentioned that you've just recently started listening to these uh podcasts yeah, that's and, uh, right <laughs> you see you see uh, us obviously advertising across obviously various social medias and seeing it pop mm. up and then uh, you click must have clicked on the button and started listening to some of the episodes. And as you said, you found them uh useful. Yeah, educate even educating yourself yeah. on some of the episodes that you did that you did listen to. So um for those yeah. that are list for those that are listening or not even listening, um <laughs> appreciate if you can um, obviously share share these episodes and and obviously in particular this episode as we're recording this um because it is uh, this episode or even this podcast is to educate the wider mining community Um, and even Mm -hmm. Matt is an experienced uh, mining professional he learns learns, learn something from the episodes that you listen to so no matter how experienced you are hopefully you will learn something from listening to any of the episodes that we've done, we've done over 220, I think now. Um, (laughs) so just encourage you to to please keep sharing and talking about the, the podcast, because if we can educate everyone within the, the mining community, um, you're gonna, it's gonna better the industry. and, And like I said, you're gonna learn something from these, from these episodes. So, um, Matt really appreciate your time wish you well for 2022 and those that are listening appreciate your continued support please tell everyone about the this episode and the podcast um, so we can get the uh, word further out to the mining community wherever you are in the world so until next time happy mining great thank you very much Bye. thanks a lot Matt. thank you for listening remember to reach out to rob via the show notes and be sure to subscribe and leave a review Until next time, happy mining, helping each other to improve the mining industry.